0: crazy times. I think that's about the best way we can explain this episode. What's going on? We are in some wacky times. It's been this way for two years, pretty much almost to the day. Two years we've been in crazy times and a lot of hospitals, a lot of agencies, and definitely a lot of travelers don't quite know how to handle these uncertain and crazy times. So we're going to talk about what I'm calling the dip DIP being the DIP in Healthcare Traveler, which is exactly what we're experiencing these last few weeks. And we'll see how long we're going to keep experiencing this and what to do during the DIP on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode, everybody. I, we're taking a break from the set episodes that we wanted that we had planned because this is one of those we wanted to interject in the middle of it because it's we need to talk about this today. I want to do my best to give some advice. Take it or leave it. It is just that. It is advice. It is not wisdom. It is just 22 years in the industry. However. 20 20 years, never like the last two. So what I'm gonna talk about today is is hyperbole. It is gonna be best guess. It's gonna be what I what I think. <laughs> I'll do my best to try to give the best advice I can, but I want to kind of talk about what's really happening out there right now because it is it's insane. It's been weird for a long time. Let's just let's just be frank. If we go back two years ago, nobody in our industry, nobody in our industry saw this coming. Obviously, no one in the world saw this coming. So we had an insane unique period of time where travelers, primarily nurses, but it has spilled over into almost all areas of healthcare, were in really high demand. And with that, started coming some incredibly high double doubling, if you will, of bill rates, which I've expressed on this series and this show many, many times. Didn't quite necessarily mean you were getting double your pay, although some people did, but a lot of agencies decided to take some of that doubling and stick it in their pocket. Some of it, not all of it, but stick a little bigger slice potentially in their pocket, which I, I, I know happened. I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit as to what they're going to do when the reverse and the opposite happens. It's going to be interesting to see. But at the end of the day, we had a huge crisis, we had incredible demand. And at the beginning, we had very little supply because there wasn't a lot of people that were willing to, you know, to travel. They were scared. You guys were all. A lot of you were scared about what was you were going to experience in the hospital, whether it was actually COVID itself or if it was just the protocol and the process and how uh, set up and I guess prepared that facility was to being able to handle this. I think that had a lot at, at play. So a lot of people just said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! We're going to wait a little bit. I'm going to hold off." And the money started coming in and not a lot of you jumped in and then a bunch of new people jumped in. And it was I, I sat back as at that point, like I said, a 20-year veteran in this industry and really, really was fascinated by what I was seeing and reading a lot on social media from veteran travelers and new travelers at the same time. And no judgment, it was just fascinating reading the comments, the opinions of both again, people that had been in this industry well before and people that were brand new. And as you guys know, a lot of people that had been in this industry have retired, many for good reasons. They made a ton of money, and they got out. Some retired because they just couldn't handle it. Some retired because of uh, mandates. Some retired because they just didn't like the stress anymore. They didn't like the way, I guess, how stressful the the job was, and I understand all that. And a lot of people jumped in and took their place. And um, so it's a fascinating time. The reason we're doing the episode called The Dip is because, as all of you know, right now, The jobs are way down, way, way down. The the actual total number of positions that are available in the United States as of me recording this, which of course it may be a week or so until we actually release this, but the recording of this, jobs are down. And I've talked to a whole bunch of my counterparts, and everybody is down. Right about, best guess I can tell comparing notes, they're down about 53%, which means we have about 47% of the jobs that we had 60 days ago. Now that is not all agencies. Some are much, much worse, some have much more. It really depends upon where you had your positions, where you were kind of, uh, if you were in fact, concentrated in one part of the country and how that country is doing with, you know, with what things we're gonna talk about here today. And so a lot of that has, to, you know, comes into play. But on an average, and I talked to about 12 other CEOs, and that's about what I came up with. Everyone's basically half, half the job in 60 days. Which is alarming that's never happened we've also never had the amount of jobs that, that were here uh, all of a sudden two years ago the last two summers we've never had the lack of i guess I should say lack of of seasonality that kind of came into play where certain parts of the country mostly southern states didn't have a decrease in needs matter of fact some of them increased last summer was crazy as you guys may remember we actually had an increase, a lot had to do with the Delta variant coming out and the way the hospitals prepared for that. We had a lot of increases in needs everywhere, including places like Florida, Texas, Arizona, Southern California, New Mexico, all the southern areas that typically had lack of census had higher census. A lot of reasons behind that are a lot of people that were moving permanently to some of those southern states uh, because of uh, certain certain things that they found attractive there. So that had you know come into play. So it's it was really a fascinating time, and it, up until literally, I guess I would say the um, sometime in February of two thousand and twenty-two, things had been just chunking along, and all of a sudden, jobs dropping, jobs dropping, jobs dropping. Now, what I'm noticing and what I'm being told by all of you guys is cancellations, terminations, and um, lack of getting interviews and offers right now, which is why I wanted to do this episode. It is not just you. It is literally, I can tell you, from the last two to three weeks, I'm getting calls and texts and, and I guess, inquiries from all over the place, mostly through social media people that have reached out, people I've talked to before, and a lot of brand new people I've never talked to saying, what's going on? They want reaffirmation. That it's not just them. Incredibly gifted, incredibly highly skilled, and very uh, wonderfully resumed people are not getting offers. There are people that are getting terminated, and there are people that are being canceled before they start assignments. And a lot of those have to do with mostly money and supply and demand is what I'm seeing and hearing. At least that's what you guys are telling me. And I am seeing some things um, that I can verify that there are jobs that were very, very high bill rates, can't tell you what your agencies were paying, that were canceled or you were terminated from, i being told, and they're not actually reposting the job. So all of a sudden they terminate someone from a job, you would think the very next thing would be that they need you or need somebody, not you. They don't want you, they terminated you, but they want somebody else, and they repost that job, maybe at a lower rate. But we're not seeing that job being reposted at all, which tells me, did they really terminate with cause, or they just terminate because they didn't have a need anymore. So again, these are these are things that we'll never know. But it is suspicious that if it was a termination of a job that was there, why wouldn't they repost uh, the same job? And I can validate and verify a number of different situations that that's not there. So someone told me where they had a job, happened to have the same contract, and I'm looking. I'm saying, well, that job has not been reposted. and This was three, four, five days ago. Uh, And over this past weekend, which, again, this may not be timely because I don't know when they're going to release this episode. I know it's going to be a quick release, relatively quick, within a week or so, a week or two, that those jobs were not posted a few days later. So there is definitely some things going on, to say the least. And a lot of it does have to do with these bill rates. Again, what I'm noticing, and I think it's kind of interesting, you would think that with the 50% total needs that, the rates would just be plummeting. And what I'm seeing, and I'm just going to tell you what I'm experiencing from my agency with the jobs that I can see, is that they're going down a little bit. The really, really ridiculous $195, $200 bill rates, $185, $175. I'm not seeing those anymore. But I will tell you guys, I am still seeing $160, $150, $165, $140 bill rates. Of course, in certain parts of the country, I'm seeing those rates that were $120, $130 dropping down to $100. So it's really not consistent. It has to do with where the needs are. And again, supply and demand. Go listen to some of our other episodes. But what I find kind of interesting and surprising to me is that you would think if the jobs have, if there's literally half the positions in the country, which I can't say for sure, but according to about a dozen different CEOs, they're all experiencing that, then why wouldn't the rates be going back down to, Maybe 2019 rates are just slightly higher than that, and my guess is, and again, this is just a guess, is I think facilities realize that they would really struggle with getting people to take assignments at that low rate that fast out of the blue, and that they know travelers are saying, "I can't now afford to drop down to a a, a pay rate that's going to allow me to net $1,600 a week when I've been making $4,000 a week." Obviously, the good news is you're not going to get taxed as heavily as you were in that higher tax bracket. But still, that's probably what they're thinking, and I think they're smart to think that if, in fact, that's where their mind is going. So it, there's no real other explanation for it except for the, that they may believe that the rates that the needs are going to continue or get higher, and maybe it is more seasonal, and so they're not going to low low ball you because they know they're not going to get fulfillment. So they need to have something that's decently paying, but certainly maybe slightly less than what it was paying before. But I'm, I got to tell you, I'm surprised. The first question I get asked from from a lot of travelers is, why are the rates dropping? And then my answer is, yeah, not really. They're dropping, again, those ridiculously high ones, which I've always told you guys here on Travel Evolved. I've always been nervous about I don't like those ones because they're the first ones that get cut. And, you know, again, maybe I know what I'm talking about every once in a while. They seem to be the first ones being cut, which has been predicted by a lot of people, not just me. But that's exactly what we knew was going to happen. But it's that really strong B-level I mean, again, almost twice the pay of what you were making you know, in, in 2019. Those jobs are still there. However, what you guys should realize and recognize is that they are going to have some serious competition to them, serious competition. And I can see it on some of my vendors. You can actually see how many agencies have submitted on some and what they've submitted as the bill rate. And a lot of people are actually going below what the proposed bill rate is. They want to be the ones that get that offer. I don't know if that's working for them or not, but they're – They're making a decision to offer you it even less because they want to get you the job and they want to make that margin and that revenue. And they may or may not have discussed that with you, but other companies may get in there above them and make more money and have a traveler be able to be paid more. I don't know if that made sense to you guys, but there are some vendors that allow you to bid below what the hospital is hoping to pay. And I'm seeing some companies out there that are doing that, which I I think is kind of a disservice to you. uh, But hats off to them. If they think that's going to get them a a nurse over somebody else, which maybe it will. I don't know. I always thought the quality of the traveler, whether it's a nurse or an allied professional, is really what dictates who gets the job. I think smart hospitals and smart managers will pay what the budget has said or has been you know, declared to be for the right traveler and someone that's qualified, but that's just me. But you guys should know there is an incredible amount of competition out there. So I've got... And my my company, I've gotten really, really talented, very, again, highly credentialed, really, really sought after, lots of experience. solid travelers who've been submitted jobs and they're just sitting there. So that's the unknown. Are they sitting there because there's so much competition? Are they sitting there because they're not sure if they're going to continue to have this need? Are they sitting there because they're not sure if they're going to drop the bill rate and repost the position at a $20 difference, which I saw uh, on a case management position, literally dropped 20 bucks an hour in one day? And we had to decide whether or not we wanted to resubmit. So we had to, you know, talk to that traveler again. So that's pretty common, but it is a crazy time. And again, we're we're going to talk a little bit here today about how long this is going to last and what we think we're going to do and what you can do and what you should do as a traveler. And again, my answer already is going to be it's going to be very personal on what makes sense to you. But let's just kind of jump in and say, first of all. Everyone's asking me right now, is this is this from lack of COVID? And I cannot answer that question because I think it's a, a complicated question. I think it has a lot to do with different parts of the country experiencing different things. Clearly, right now, if you go back 12 months ago in the same month, and I won't say the name of the month because it might be one month or the other, <laughs> it's probably going to be April. So let's just say, if you go back from April of 2021, then you look at what the total overall needs were. It's a really different Uh, temperature out there everything is completely different right now it is it is kind of a wait and see mentality so that's why i mean you cannot say it's lack of covid because i know that there's still covid going on out there but it certainly isn't what it was in april of 2021 so i guess my roundabout answer is yes that is certainly part of it and it's a huge part of it in some parts of the countries and it is not a very big part of it in the other parts of the countries what I also believe it is has a lot to do with the seasonality. Now, typically, that tends to be February, March. We're seeing it now March, April. Now, I'm in Colorado, as you guys know. I didn't experience, a particularly so far, a cold spring. I'm sure we have more snow coming because that's just the way it is. We don't plant stuff until after Mother's Day around here because it's probably going to freeze. But it wasn't a really harsh winter in this part of the country, and I, I have not been paying attention to the rest of the country on, on weather. But, um, but I don't think, for the most part, it's been brutal everywhere, which would surprising to me, because when it's not brutal, that means the population from the south tends to start heading back north. The, the, the you know the retired population, those that do that are transient and do go back and forth, which obviously was what makes the hospitals kind of nervous down there. Do we keep ordering? What do we do? That hasn't really, I think, been what's delayed, if you will, by a few weeks. This seasonality, I think, it has more to do with how does COVID affect what's going to happen with our facility? So you throw in weather and temperature. They're also trying to guess on 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 sickness and illness and that sort of thing. So it's really kind of crazy to think about what's at play. And the answer is I cannot really tell you. I think it's a lot of different things that we're going to go into here in a second. It's a ton of things that facilities mostly are experiencing and their best guess, if you will, on what, things are going to look like here literally in the next 90 days. So in other words, a 13-week assignment, what do we do in the next 90 days? Which is exactly, by the way, what all of you guys are trying to think about. What do I do in the next you know few weeks to 90 days? So everyone's kind of in that same boat, and and it's, it's just a really crazy time. There's never been a period of time in, that I can think of that the number of positions have dropped like this. Um, I'll say this. I do know two years ago, there were a ton of companies that were unprepared on how to handle COVID. If you guys remember, there was a couple of companies that really jumped on the COVID, um, the COVID craze, and that's not a really bad way to put it, but took advantage of, we're going to become the COVID agency. We're going to throw out crazy high rates. They were right all over it and really on it. There were a bunch of companies that were known companies, well-known companies that took a huge hit because all their travelers left them and ran to what was called the COVID assignments back then. And they suffered. Many went out of business. Some some of them dropped a lot of their recruiting team. A lot of them were really, really scared because they were ill-prepared to understand how to take advantage of what was happening. And that's what some of the other companies did, right or wrong. And it killed some companies. And it really hurt a lot of other ones immensely. Over time, now some of those guys have built back up because all the rates have come in and everyone played in the in the in the crisis staffing arena if you will for the last 2 years but those first 3 or 4 months i was hearing horror stories of, of agencies in some of these hubs around the country that were just struggling and really were not ready for uh, what was coming which meant all their travelers said hey see you later i'm going to go chase this seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollar 10,000 a week stuff that we're seeing and certainly the 4 and 5,000 a week stuff we're seeing And I'm gonna see you later. And they were, they had they their their whole entire travel, you know, on assignment, you know, people were just gone, annihilated by some of these companies that they they stole them from them, for lack of a better word. So that was kind of one of those things. I think right now there are some companies that are very ill prepared to handle how to deal with a dip in in the demand, so to speak. And it's a big dip. It's not a dip, it's a plummet, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. And I want to kind of walk you through. I think what everyone's kind of experiencing, I think communication, as I've always said, is always important. I think if we talk openly about what's happening from all of the, the triangle of trust, so to speak, it's going to kind of lend, I think, a little bit of, of maybe insight and hopefully help you guys kind of decide what it is that you're going to do for the immediate future. If you're ending an assignment soon or if you found yourself in one of those canceled situations or, or if you were terminated and you don't believe it was for anything but money, or if you're maybe just starting an assignment, how long that's going to last and what do you think is going to be your next go-around. If you've got the next six weeks where you're going to be needing to find a job, that's what I want to kind of you know walk you over at this point. Okay, so let's start off by really talking about what the facilities are experiencing. I think that's the biggest part of this whole thing because they're the ones, like I've always said many times, you guys, they're the ones that are creating the jobs, dedicating the revenue into the cycle of traveling in general. So let's talk about what they're experiencing. I mean, I guess... The first thing that we should all openly talk about in this is that they're experiencing two years of incredibly high costs of labor for themselves. Now again, I've documented here that many of them did get some assistance from both state and federal government. Many didn't. Many that started and ended quickly. Really diverse on that from what I understand. And again, it's just this is just hearsay for the most part. I'm not in the back offices of hospitals. But we can see it on the you know, in, in, on, in media. And we know exactly what it is that, that some of them, many of them did receive. So regardless, a lot of them still were, were paying more by far for the labor than what they're used to. I guess that's a fair way to put it, whether it was fair or not, we have a whole different discussion. And we have, by the way, on travel evolved, but certainly that is something that they're reeling from many, CEOs and CFOs of hospitals are trying to figure out how to get back into the big bucks, whether they're getting out of the red into the black or they're just trying to get further into the black and become more and more profitable. It's really hard to say and certainly we wouldn't know. But regardless, they are suffering in their minds from, okay, we've been paying a ton of money hourly for this um for you know, for crisis basically, a lot of our staff has left. so We've had to replace those with permanent. I'm sorry, with travelers. Um, I think even though some have come back, many, many didn't, as we all know, and again documented here. So, the cost of labor has increased a lot. Now, and again, if you're looking at how revenue goes into a hospital, basically between you know someone getting sick and insurance and Medicare, and Medicaid, and their own personal bill, how they're paying it. When you throw in and and start to double or triple or quadruple the amount of cost from a permanent staff member to an incredibly high traveler in a crisis situation, that is going to take that profit of that patient stay, whether it's hours or months, down drastically by the amount of that cost. And again, I don't, I can't speak too intelligently about this, but I think we all can understand that that, regardless that had to be a pretty big chunk that was removed of that profit center so they are trying to experience their budget right now and how to how to kind of you know solve that problem so certainly that's why i'm a little surprised that the rates aren't dropping to where i thought they would be dropping to right now i mean right now you'd think they'd just be going through the roof and some specialties by the way are so i want you guys to understand that's part of it they they are doing their best to figure out a like they always do I mean, trust me, even when things were crazy money, they were trying to figure out how little they could pay, even though it was exorbitant in their minds, to get you. And now they're still in that same mode, like any business would be. They're trying to keep their cost as low as possible. And so they're reeling from that. Right now, they're also really trying to figure out what is our census going to do in every single area of the country. Every single city in every part of the country has a different scenario that they're looking at. They don't know. It could be seasonal. It could be touristy. It could be illness and virus-related. They're sitting there right now trying to figure out what is going to happen, and they're guessing the best they can based upon what they're seeing with their current census, what they've experienced in normal years, and, of course, what they experienced the last two years, and trying to meld that together to try to figure out what are we going to need for labor. And of that, how much of that is going to have to be transient or supplemental and how much of that is going to have to be you know can we get permanent and then bottom line is that what is the cost for that going to be what's the minimum we can pay for that so that's what they're doing they're trying to guess what their census is going to be and if you start throwing in some serious seasonality i mean i don't i do not envy facilities that are going through this that are in really southern states that typically their census drops this time of year because they don't want to be caught shortchanged without having the staff and having the census remain high or even potentially increase. And that could happen, right? There could be another variant. We'll talk about that here in a minute. If that's the case, the last thing they want to do is having any patient being diverted from their facility and watching those dollars walk out that front door to that facility that's either in the next town or right across the street or in the next, you know, next little county or next part of the town. That's the last thing that they want to see happening. So it's not an enviable position to be in, but that is exactly what they're trying to figure out. Again, if you throw seasonality in, they're really struggling, I and mean, that's got to be really tough. We're going to be coming into the end of our quote-unquote season. If we're not there already, what does, if, it says, so if this is April, what does April, May, June, even July look like here in San Antonio, Texas, or here in Miami, Florida? That's got to be tough. Even some states that aren't quite so far southern as those two are, that they're still going to have to consider that, and it's tough. Because, like I just said a few seconds ago, will there be another variant i'm hearing talk of of you know omicron being something where it's not uh it it may be what's the word i'm looking for evolving itself and becoming a little bit more uh dangerous than what it had been originally uh either whether whether it was or what it was reported on being so we don't know we don't know what that's going to look like last year the the delta variant which i happened to catch um for me it wasn't wasn't tough at all. It was a sore throat for three days, but for a lot of people it was very, very serious. And that's what really drove the census remaining high last year. So we could be experiencing that again this year. So they're guessing at that. They're looking and trying to find great places and great sources and trends to see what are they seeing in their facility, their part of the country, they're part of the of the state, and are they in fact gonna have any kind of increase or is that lack of seasonality gonna be replaced by by you know, by an infection, by an infection and another variant coming out. That's got to be tough. The agency standpoint, I mean, I guess we can jump into a little bit, but it's really not that important really for you guys in in today's discussion. But I'll tell you just so you kind of know what you're experiencing and what you might be experiencing from your recruiter and from your current company. First of all, a lot of them, like all of us, none of us have a clue. We just don't. We don't know. So, again, an agency is trying to figure out how to get people into positions as fast as they can with all this competition. They're trying to jump on exclusivity with some of their contracts. But there are, listen, I'll tell you this on a side note there are a ton of companies that jumped into healthcare travel two years ago that didn't have any experience, that have no idea how to run a company when the margins aren't quite so thick. For those companies that I believe really padded their margin, then you guys were clueless about it because you were so happy about the money you were making they're going to have a really really tough time if those rates do drop down. They haven't so far too bad, but they get back down to let's say 15, 20% higher than what they were pre-pandemic, they're not going to be able to hide that margin. And again, you never really probably thought about this, but if you've built a company based upon a 30, 31, 32% margin and those rates go from $170 down to $90, that company is not going to have the padding to be able to, st- to survive. They're going to have to start absolutely firing and trimming some of the fat that's walking around out there. And many of them will not know how to function. They certainly won't know how to hide those margins. So they're going to have to either evolve and drop their margins, which is going to be problematic for them, or they're going to go out of business, or you guys will stop working for them because you're going to say, why is this company so, so low uh, compared to everybody else's? And that's because they set that company up and a thicker margin because they didn't know any better. So that's just a a little bit of a side note. But that does kind of talk about a little bit of the internal costs. Again, for companies that have gotten used to, and I hope that that any legitimate long-term company out there didn't do this, but some companies may have decided this is going to be the way it's going to be for a while and may have made some executive and business decisions based upon those thicker margins, which, again, go back and listen to a couple episodes ago with, with Rich and I, Everybody was making money. If everyone is no longer making money, it's going to be fascinating to see how those agencies can handle some of their internal costs. I'm talking basically recruiters to start off with. That's one of the biggest if not the biggest biggest expense all agencies have. So you may see your recruiter no longer there anymore. Let me know if I'm right. If all of a sudden, you know, sometime in the next 30 to 60 days, depending on how big the dip is, you may find yourself gosh, I can't seem to find a recruiter that's going to stick around. Maybe they're all quitting or maybe they're all getting terminated. But the internal cost is going to come into play for a lot of companies that didn't know what things were like beforehand or at least changed their business model and forgot how to run a business in thinner times because it's going to be thinner times, I think, for a little while. We'll see how it goes. We can talk about cancellation costs. I kind of want to say that from another episode, but there are costs that agencies experience when people get terminated and, of course, when they don't even get to go after they've been booked a a traveler. It's minimal, and it doesn't really have any bearing on you, but it does affect potentially, I guess, your company's um, fear factor, if you will. How scared are they that you're actually going to get this offer and you're going to go? I know I experienced it. When I'm still booking people at these relatively good, strong rates, the little voice inside my head is still saying, "Yeah, but if it keeps dipping, are they gonna fire this person? Like I'm hearing out elsewhere out there, are they gonna cancel this person before they go to work?" And I mean, it's it's a real, real thing. But again, I kind of want you guys to understand, and, and let's let's think about how this goes over the next 30 to 60 days. I want you to listen to this episode and see if you are experiencing any kind of weirdness or change with your agency, which might might let me qualify that. Might mean that they were they were ill prepared for what, how long or how deep this dip goes. I guess I'll leave it at that. Okay, so let's really get into the meat of this one, and that is, what are you guys experiencing? And I think that's the biggest part of why I want to do this episode. I think you guys should know that it's probably not just your agency that seems to not be able to book you right now. Uh, it is everybody, and I'm going to defend all of us and say, you know, we're a, we're a victim of the jobs. So when you take 50% of the jobs in a country and you start dividing those, you know, you decrease everyone's, you know, everyone's booty, so to speak, and their loot, everyone's got less to deal with, which means it's going to be crazy high competition. It really is. I, I do think something will fix that, but we'll talk about that here in a second. But that's what you guys are looking at right now. What do I do? Do I, and I guess the, the questions are that you need to ask yourself is do I jump on a Decent position that may be less than what I want, um, but it might be better than what I might see 30 days from now if the rates continue to slowly go down. If they, what if they do what Mark's saying and they just plummet out of the blue? I'd be very happy to to secure a position even though it might be 20, 30 percent less than I'm making right now. That's a viable question to have with yourself. And again, only you guys know that. Not a recruiter, not a vice president of a, of an agency. You guys, you guys know how much money you've made. The last few years, certainly in the short period of time that we are in 2022. And does it make sense for you personally to take XYZ job at XYZ rate? And again, I've always said only you guys know that. And everybody listening to this episode has a different scenario. So that's part of it. Or, you know, the other thing, do I do I just stop and not travel? Do I wait and see what's going to be out there and hope that I'm that things do increase? And how long do I have to wait until I have to jump on something, and when am I going to kick myself in the pants for not jumping on what's available now, even though it, you know, albeit it feels like it's less than what it, you know, what I'm willing to take? And that's what I'm seeing out there and hearing out there. A lot of travelers are are saying, well, I, I just, I'm not going to take that position. That's not, that's not good enough. And I, I really think you should be careful with that. If you're brand new in travel, this is what's going to happen eventually. I mean, you guys have to understand that I do not believe that we will be dealing with COVID for years and years and years, no matter how many variants come out. you know There will be less and less of this, which means eventually the rates will drop. The only thing that was the curveball, in my opinion, was the amount of people that got out of travel for good reasons and bad because they made a ton of money. They were already ready to retire. They got to retire earlier or because they decided it wasn't for them, or because of the mandates. There's a lot of travels that did leave the industry, which has been good for those of you that remain, if you really think about it. It has allowed you guys to hopefully still demand a high rate of pay. But I think you'd be crazy to think that in 20... And I'm well, throwing a record right now. In 2025, I do not think the average bill rate for, let's just say, a telemetry RN is going to be 145 to $150. I just... My heart of hearts, I don't believe that. Um, I guess I hope I'm wrong, because that means that you guys would be making crazy money. But if I'm wrong, that means there's a reason why it's so high, and that's not really good for our country either. So I don't know where I'm going to go with that. But I don't believe, in my my opinion, that it will be anywhere near that long that these rates will remain this high. I said a long time ago, and I'm going to stick by, I don't think rates will ever drop down permanently to what they were in 2019. Early, you know, early first first ten months of 2019, really all of 2019. I don't think so. I've always maintained there'll be a 15 to 25 percent higher, um, and maybe 25 is is a reach, but 15 percent higher, which means travel travelers, you know, allied and nursing will make more money. And I'm talking about not necessarily just cost of living, you know, increases, but they'll make more money than they ever still have going forward. I think this did that. This crisis. In crisis staffing did that for all of you guys, which I think is a really good thing. However, it I do believe that whether it's now or it's going to ratchet up and go back down over time, that graph, if you're looking at it, is going to slowly get back down to what is going to be a sustainable, you know, again that's a really important word, a career sustainable bill rate, which means what the hospitals can afford to pay. Obviously, it's all about supply and demand. If there's fewer and fewer People in nursing school and in 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 becoming PTs, becoming radiologists, radiation therapists, you name it. All of that stuff is going to have a bearing on it, but it cannot be where this is the case. So your question you have to ask yourself is, is this going to be right now? I mean, are we already seeing the end of it? It's going to pump back up. And really, what am I going to do as a traveler? What makes the most sense to me right now? What do I do? Do I take what's out there? Let's talk about that for a minute. What is out there? Two factors I will tell you guys to think about. Number one is the competition factor. Again, I can only really speak intelligently from my agency standpoint, but I've got some really quality travelers out there that are not getting interviewed. A lot of them. And it makes me anxious because in normal times, that would mean that maybe we're not doing our job. I would be nervous if a great traveler was not getting offers Again, in normal times that would make me feel like what why why? Why aren't they getting a job and I know how long they would they would last until they went with another company and they found them a job, so I'd be more nervous. I'm not nervous right now because nobody's getting them out there. But it's amazing to me how many people are just sitting there in front of quality jobs. Ironically, I'm getting some people that are getting offers that aren't as strong as a lot of the really good travelers I'm looking for and I'm I did analyze that. Yeah, some of the good travelers are really going for higher rates of pay, so that could be part of it. And that's that goes along what I'm talking about here. Be really careful still going after high rates of pay. Rate. Now, again. This is an opinion piece ladies and gentlemen I personally think with what I'm seeing with cancellations and terminations. I would not repeat not be going for The highest of the highest available right now Even if the highest that's available right now is still 20 to 25 percent less than what you offer were offered on the assignment You're currently on or your last assignment It still doesn't make sense to go for the highest thing because you will be the first one that gets chopped if and when, if, big if, the census continues to drop. It's just a fact. So if you want to roll that dice, great, but you may find yourself out of a job again and having to scramble for another one. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, but I'm just saying, I just think it's, these are things you need to consider and keep in mind. In other words, when I go in front of a job, literally I'm seeing 40 people in front of a job, 40 people that might or may not look exactly like you on paper. Which means you've got to hope that you just are that good. So let's talk about it. If you're not that good, and I'm talking about when I say not that good, I'm talking about maybe you only have four or five years' experience. That's not your fault. You're probably a phenomenal healthcare professional. But as you and I both know, managers are going to look at your experience, and someone with twice as much experience is probably going to get a phone call over you, regardless of how good you are. That's just the facts you have to recognize. So consider that when you're looking at your own personal situation. Am I the top two or three people? every time I'm submitted. Great. That should allow you a little bit more flexibility to be able to go where you want to go and demand a rate that might be higher than somebody else. If you're not the top two or three candidates, which would mean the top 10% of every candidate in the country, that's what you have to think about. That means you may need to make some concessions right now. Do I just stop and, and wait for the rates to go back up? Do I find something that's maybe closer so maybe my living expenses aren't high and I I think about, which you guys always should, my real net profit on a weekly basis based upon how much money I'm generating and how much money I'm spending to be on an assignment. Do I reduce that money by maybe going back and forth? There's a lot at play out there that you can start to to think about. Some of you have put a lot of money aside and you have the ability to wait and See what happens that may be the most reasonable thing to think about but there will be a time when you're going boy I'm cheap, you know, I keep I'm not working right now I keep seeing my bank account depleting and I need to start figuring out what I need to do to get this going back up again So again, everybody's in a different scenario but right now I will say that I've given some advice to some travelers recently that have been made offers and I've said, you know I'm, I'm not in the sales business I'm not here to convince people to take jobs that may or may not be in their best interest. I know some people are in that business. I'm just telling them, were I you, I would really consider how many places I've gone in front of, the fact that I've got an offer, what does it pay, and does it make sense? Because you you have an offer. So if your company out there is getting you an offer, that's a lot better than not getting one. You might really want to think about it. Revenue and generating some sort of an income every week is better than waiting and hoping, you know, for something better It's the bird in the hand philosophy and I think that right now it's important, especially if you're not seeing Multiple offers. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, pretty average, you know, kind of just straightforward, you know Average travelers and I say average meaning that they weren't exceptional. They weren't terrible But just we're getting two three four offers at places if you'd submit them to five places They're getting three offers that's not happening right now. and You guys should recognize it. Not these last few weeks. So um, I guess we should talk a little bit. I just want to mention, I mean, I, I want to talk about, somebody asked me what's a reasonable rate right now. And, and I think I wanted to say the first thing I'll tell you is that's, that's completely subjective to you. There is nobody that can tell you what a reasonable rate is to you. A lot has to do with your own situation. How much money have you made in the last 12 months? How much money have you saved in the last 12 months? Like I just said, making $2,000 a week or even twenty-two, dollars or even less than that might make sense to you for the right assignment, the right location, based upon how much money you have in the bank. You may still be dipping into your bank account, but barely, which is better than dipping into it fully, waiting for a job that you feel is justified by your, amount, by your quality of, of health care professional that you are. Just be careful not to get your ego involved and not to get too drawn up with what you were making and what you think you're going to be making in the future think about what you're going to make right now and what is the best thing for me right now you know and i think that's the best way i would, I would look at it um, the last thing i'll kind of say about this is much like i said with the agency standpoint there are a ton of travelers that don't have any idea how to how to handle this because they weren't in this except for during this, this crisis situation. They have no clue what it's like to have to start considering assignments that are you know two thousand dollars a week or even potentially less. That blows them away. And so realize that for those folks, they're going to say, no, forget it. I'm not. This isn't worth it to me. And many of you can jump in and grab those. If you're a brand new traveler, recognize that you were in an incredibly unique period of time so far in healthcare staffing and that may or may not i personally don't think it will going to it may or may not continue for a very long period of time so know this that there's a bunch of people out there that have been traveling for 2 years or less that have never experienced what we're all experiencing right now and that is a choice to make on what do I do do I take an assignment do I go back to my permanent staff if they'll have me or do I you know take the best that's available or do I wait and see if the rates are going to go up that's going to be a really tough decision for some people that truly have never experienced this before at all all right so let me prognosticate a little bit more I want to talk about what I think is gonna happen in the immediate future <laughs> I almost said I don't know but but I, but I, I have a good guess I really do think that we're going to see jobs increase. In my opinion, it is not going to increase really quickly. It is not going to be where what we the decrease is not going to be uh, matched by the increase. I think it's going to be an increase, but I think it's going to be a slower increase, which means I do think the number of jobs are going to increase. I think the rates will maintain. I think the really, really high-paying positions are going to be gone for a while, and I think they'll be replaced by really solid i'm talking still 120 100 100 to 130 bill rates which is insane if you think about it i I just i just believe that i could be totally wrong and and oftentimes am right well i actually on this stuff i seem to be i'm doing pretty well on this i think things are going to come back up i just think it's going to take a while now the unknown factor in my opinion truly is is there going to be another variant Is there going to be a variant? And if there is a variant, how heavy is it going to to be treated? And I want to be careful how I say this. In other words, are hospitals going to overorder, like they have done in the past, frankly, to make sure they're covered? Or do they this time say we're going to kind of do it as we go? And I think that's that's the only real unknown I don't have. If there is going to be a, a variant, and if it is, what our house, how our house was going to react to it. And I, I really don't know. That being aside, I think the rates are going to continue to come back up, I think mostly for seasonality. I think that's a lot of what we're experiencing right now is it's it's lack of crisis and unknown seasonality where I think some of these households just don't remember or we really have a good guess, maybe better, better phrase, of what's going to happen this spring and into the summer. So what do we do to order it? So, here's what I'll say. I think that for many of you who are considering not traveling and waiting to see, I think you may be in for some money loss. I personally believe that. I think and I, there's a whole bunch of recruiters that just finally cheered for me because they know I'm trying to talk you into taking a job. I'm really not. I'm just trying to tell you what I think. I think that the best thing right now is to stay working. And I think if it were me, or if it was somebody that I, you know, truly loved and cared about, I'd be telling them, take the take a really good solid paying position. It may be less and probably will be less than what you were making this, you know, the last six months for sure, certainly the last year. But take it with a grain of salt and understand that that you're gonna do the best you can for you right now. It is still phenomenal money. Are you gonna be making a half a million dollar a year income like many were a couple years ago? Probably not. Pretty sure you're not gonna be making that. But you could be making a lot more than a staff healthcare professional in your specialty by still taking a really good, strong paying assignment, as long as, in my opinion, it's not the top paying assignment. The long term, and I guess I'll kind of end the episode this way, the long term, I I just, like I said, I believe eventually things will spiral down or maybe they're heading that way right now. And I do think that we have learned and hospitals have learned the value of traveling healthcare. Well, I should say healthcare professionals. The fact that there's less of them and that as, again, the people that need care increase and the number of people that are that provide the care is decreasing, the future of healthcare travel, I think, is still really, really solid for those of you that are that are traveling. I think that a lot of people that were just in it for the really, really big, big bucks and never really considered how long it would be, and maybe if they did, maybe they said, I'm just going to do it while it lasts, I'm going to go back to my work if they'll have me. They'll be gone again, which will again help with the demand and the supply, I should say the supply of the demand. All these factors come into play. For those of you that are in it for the long haul, I think you're in a girly good place. I really do. I think you're going to make more money than the, the previous generation, if you will, of travelers made. And for those of you that were the previous generation, you're in for a good last little pop here before potentially you're done with this career and maybe retirement. You still can do really, really well. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal career and position, I think, for those that have the intestinal fortitude to be a traveler. And this is a really good moment in time that really tests that. And I think this is where you really have to treat this like a business and have that business mindset and really think about Get your ego out of the equation and figure out what's best for you. And by the way, what may be best for you is taking a break and not doing this for a while and seeing if the rates make sense so you can get that burnout factor out and all those different things we talk about in Travel Evolved. But I really think that individually you need to look and say, what is best for me right now? And should I, and probably I should, take a really good paying assignment while the rates are low? Yeah, I could swing and miss, and three, four weeks later the rates could go up. But you know what? Don't think about what could have been. Think about what is, and that is that you've got a steady paying position, hopefully with a good company that's paying you a ton of money and is taking a smaller slice of that margin, and you're making the most money you can on what was presented to you based upon where you're able to work, whether it be your specialty, your license, and your availability to be able to go to certain parts of the country. That's what you have to look at right now. So the long term, I think, with healthcare is we're going to this, – this did a – Good thing for for healthcare travel, and it allowed it to get on the map a little bit. And I think many people that that pay the bills from the hospital standpoint and make the orders of the, you know that and decide that we need travelers. I think they they're going to realize that there is more that needs to be paid to you guys, whether you know the bill rate being higher. And hopefully, you find an agency that also recognizes that and slices that pie smaller for them, bigger for you, which is always what I encourage you to look for on travel evolved so guys as always thank you for this little kind of sidestep from the normal things that we do every once in a while we just got to talk about current events and that was you know what we did today so i appreciate it as always and i'll talk to you guys next time on travel evolved